afford to be. This is small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me in the producer's chair as always is... Kyle Dotson. Hello, Kyle. Hey, how, how are you? you doing? I'm good, how are you? We're good. Uh, Kyle and I saw White Snake last night. Yes. And they uh, they blew the roof off of uh, the Beverly Hills Saban Theater. Mm-hmm. What, uh, how many white trash people were at that show? Mm, that lot. was a rough looking crowd. It was. It was Every, everyone was pretty tame, though. We were the best looking people in that crowd. Yeah. It was David Coverdale was the best looking. <laughs> And then Glenn Hughes, and then me, and then you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we rocked last night. We had a good time. But uh, enough about White Snake, Kyle. Why'd you even bring it up? I didn't. I didn't. Was that me? I think it was you. Uh, We have a very talented uh, young lady sitting across from me. Uh, You would know her best. It's okay to say that, right? They would know you best, probably, as the bass player in the Go-Go's. Okay. Ladies, (laughs) Ladies, <laughs> I love it already. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Kathy Valentine. How are you doing, Kathy? I'm good, thank you. Uh, it's I so wanna hear, I want to hear more about White Snake, though. Uh, White's uh, they they really kicked ass. But you know, this is this is I've been like on this big organizing kick, like mm-hmm. huge or like. And if you saw my house, you would see why. And one of the so things, getting all your junk in order. But one of the things I recently found, apparently, I was in a a first class. Um, Air flight okay. with, with a white snake wow. because I found a first class menu <laughs> from a plane with a big message to me from David Coverdale. Well, we waited for David's uh, autograph last night, and he uh, he apparently walked right off stage into the bus and went. Well, you got to get in the first class with him. You got to get in the first class with him. <laughs> uh, and, and so, what would that be like? First class with white snake. And uh, and was it the Go Go's? You guys. It were was all the Go Go's at the time, and I think there was a. It, you know that was traveling to Rio for mm-hmm. Rock and Rio. I think it was the first Rock and wow. Rio. So um, there was a lot of mayhem on, on the, <laughs> both on the the trip there, and the swimming pool was the best because you got to go back. It's like 1985, mm-hmm. January 85, and. You look out of the pool and you're like, I got to get down to that pool because sitting down around the pool, just sitting around uh-huh. lounging, you have Rod Stewart's band, wow. Nina Hagen, wow, B-52s, White Snake. <laughs> um, it was just this like melange uh-huh. of rock. And were there were there is that a word melange? I think it is. I would so, use it. Um, were there were 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 people uh, trying to hook up? Down at the pool? Or no, was people it, were trying to get high. They're getting high. Okay. Yes. That was my next question. Yeah. It was either it was either going to be hooking up or getting high. I think hooking up happens when you're sick of getting high. Back then, <laughs> in the 80s. It's like, that's the last resort. Or, or you run out. <laughs> All right. Now, now what? Now we'll do this. Um, David Coverdale looked amazing. I always, uh, I'm always amazed when, when these rock star uh, men have kept their hair. 
Yeah. And it looks like real hair. It looks real. It looks but, like that's his hair. His but stuff. those rock dudes, they're really sneaky and smart about the hair thing. I mean, they're so... They get it taken care of early? I don't know. I, I, I know a few things that I won't <laughs> tell. But the rock guys, they know, they know things that the populace, uh, the general populace of men don't know in yeah. terms of looking like they really kept their hair but didn't. Those All guys, kinds of things happen. I, I got to talk to those guys. I want a full mane of hair like Rod Stewart and, and <laughs> David Coverdale. No, I'm not saying it's not real. It right. They just know how to make it look the but best it can look. But no, there's some that it isn't real. And it's not plugs. I don't know what they do. But no, actually, there are things they do. They're doing something that mm-hmm. I'm jealous of. <laughs> and it's not the cap with the hair hanging off. No, that's all your hair. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm joking. Oh. That's <laughs> <laughs> Um, Kathy, let me ask you, uh, where did you, um, where did you grow up? Where does Kathy Valentine grow up? When I grew up in Austin, Texas. And that's where you, that's where you live now. That's where I live that's now. That's okay if I say that. Mm-hmm. No one's going to come look for you. Hopefully. No, they couldn't find me. Um, Kathy was a little afraid to walk into this room because she texted her friend and said, I'm, I'm fine. These guys seem like <laughs> they're okay. Well, I'm just like, you know, Twitter is weird because yeah. I have made tons of friends mm-hmm. on Twitter. Absolutely. And great things have happened in my life because of Twitter. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it's almost made it so I'm really o- so open and yeah, you're very accessible and, and trusting. And it's like all of a sudden I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going somewhere. I don't even know where, who, what, you know. <laughs> well, we pre- but it's safe. We're in Studio City. It wasn't like I, we brought you, you know, some sleazy back alley place. We're in Studio City. Yeah, and but there. Never mind. <laughs> Do you know something that's bad? No, no. In just City? there was a, a address discrepancy with what I gave you. Yeah. What did I say? What did well, I? Well, the give you? the message on Twitter had one address, uh-huh. and then the email had another address. I wonder if I gave you my home address, by chance. Yeah, I think you did. <laughs> Did you stop at my Do house? Do you live in Woodland Hills? I do. Did I give you that address? <laughs> oh, my God. Was that like a Freudian slip? I must have just given you... Wouldn't that have been funny? You just ring the bell. Hi. Is Pat here? And my wife's like, no. <laughs> Come on in. But um, but I love the pictures inside of your booklet. <laughs> I know. Yes. <laughs> yes. Come on in. Um, so Austin, Texas, uh, big family, small family. I'm an only child. Okay. And I was raised by a, a single mom. Okay. And... Uh, pretty unconventional childhood and being raised and which is interesting for me now because I'm a mom and I'm not a I'm kind of a single mom I mean I my daughter has a dad he's very active in her life but you know we don't live together so it's it's um are you a conventional mom because sometimes that happens if you're raised unconventional then you like you're like I'm much more conventional than my mom was way more you're, I mean, on, you're on it. You know when the, all the school functions are. You know when she needs this outfit or that and all that kind of stuff. Is that what you mean? Oh, I don't just, I don't, I don't have anything to compare it to. I don't know. Do I was you, not parented. So. Are, oh, well, that's not good. We yeah. seem to turn out. Yeah, okay. It turned out fine. Did you, uh. That's what I always remember. Every time I feel like I'm like, you know, being too strict yeah. or mm-hmm. ruly or something, then I think, hey. Nobody did this to me, and I turned out fine. <laughs> um, and what, what about um, what about music? Who who got you into music? What was your what was your earliest recollection of that you wanted to possibly have a career in music? 
Well, I started, I picked up a guitar. I, I actually dropped out of school in the ninth grade and went to a school. Thank goodness for my unconventional mom, but she got me into kind of a hippie commune school that okay. was in the country. And you could do whatever you want. And you could learn whatever you wanted. And I decided to pick up the guitar. And I was kind of learning, you know, just your very first songs like Wildwood Flower or whatever. <laughs> just learning how to play a chord or right. two. And... uh Fortuitously, I my mom's English, and we went to England. And in fact, tomorrow I'm doing an interview with a, a documentary about this person. Oh, wow. But I went to England, turned on the TV, and there was Susie Quattro. Nice. And it was 1973, and I think I was 14, and it just blew my mind. I it had never occurred to me that um, that a woman could be a rock star till I saw her. So I came back and I was fixated on getting ditching that guitar and getting electric guitar and being a rock star, and uh, that's all I wanted to do from that time on. Yeah, and I started playing in bands right mm-hmm. away. By then, it was like fifteen, sixteen years old. And yeah, seeing even 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 now, you don't. It doesn't seem like you see enough women or or girls playing the guitar like really playing it. You know what I mean? Like Susie Quattro and and Joan Jett and Lita Ford and and and. and Nancy Wilson, like you know what I mean? It's yeah. still not. It's still not as. Um, well, I see. A, I see a lot, but I seek. You know what I'm, I mean, though. It's. It's like I want to see more. Is what I'm saying. I do too. Yeah. I mean, I. I still think there's. You know, I still think women haven't really made the the mark and and I mean, as, even with the success I've had in the Go Go's, yeah. it, it's and not to diminish that at, mm-hmm. at all. But it's. I still haven't seen what I would like to see. Right. I know? mean, and there's and there's so many successful. Um, uh, pop stars that are that are female and like right now like Katy Perry and Ariana Grande and no, there's Taylor, never been a Taylor lack Swift. of singers, right? But I'm talking like grabbing that guitar and really just wailing on it. I want to see more and more uh, of that. And back in the when I was doing, I I honestly thought I was the only girl in the world mm-hmm. that wanted to be in a band, and and then I found out about the Runaways. Yes, and they came to town, and I met them, and. You know, hey, Lita Ford's been on the show also. I like Lita. She she's, was fantastic. She's awesome. Yeah, yeah. She's a, a really one of a kind person. Yeah. But she was, you know, she was really playing great. Yeah, they're the real yeah. deal. Yeah, totally the real deal. So um, anyway, that's what got me into music. Uh, and being in Austin at the time was a great. Um, I like. I feel really fortunate because. I mean, I saw Stevie Ray Vaughan play all the time. I saw the th- fabulous Thunderbirds. Doug Somm was a big influence. And all this music was really good because it it, it kind of eliminated my any kind of genre kind of sticking to-ness. Or I don't know what the word would be, but it made me very open in terms of what I liked yeah. and what was cool. And I would start out, I'd go out at night and I would start out you know, I might go to a honky-tonk bar and hear, like, just a, a honky-tonk band. Right. And then I'd go catch a set maybe at the, at, the, at the rock club, and there'd be some band from Dallas. And I knew if I got there at 10, they'd be doing their Bowie set. And then I'd go so see the Thunderbirds at the first Antones and see that. And then, you know, it was just... And there was, like, all this... I liked all the Texas troubadours. There was... Jerry Jeff Walker and this whole cosmic cowboy thing. It was great. I mean, the 70s and Austin and being a teenager, I could not have 
written a better backdrop. That was your college. That was it. And, um, and, and Doug Som. And my first time in a club, I saw John Lee Hooker. That's crazy. Yeah, it was like, it was great. And there's, um, uh, and he probably, John Lee Hooker probably looked old even back then. One of those guys that always looks old. He, he, yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to be because then you don't, you know. Yeah, you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to uh, pretend that you're. You don't have to try to be looking. You know, well, that's hip. why ZZ Top was so smart to grow those beards. Yeah, I mean, that's why Kiss wears the makeup. Yeah, they, they put that makeup on, they look the same. Yeah, but I think they're going to uh, pass that mantle on. Don't you think? Well, they're they are I've bus- heard they are about that. they are businessmen. Yeah. So you're ground zero in your family as far as music. Having uh, well, a my career. dad, who wasn't a big part of my life, mm-hmm. but he is more so now. But my dad's musical. He plays guitar and banjo. And my my mom's dad, my grandfather on my English side, he was he played uh, violin and stand up bass in a jazz quartets. And your mom was from England. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I went to England a lot. I love England. I'm half English and half Texan. <laughs> and half English, half Texan. <laughs> uh, so, what was your first, what what was your first band you were in? What did you start your own band? Yeah, I started having bands right away because you know were these uh, the whole deal. Were these uh, were these? Uh, gir- oh, you know gir- what? Speaking of girls, on this is a crazy thing. Just Google sometime girls that play guitar. Okay, and you're gonna find. So many girls sitting in their bedroom, like shredding away. I don't know why they're not starting bands. Yeah. But they're like sitting in their bedroom sh- and, and they're under these weird sites like hot girls that shred. <laughs> and, and I don't know why, yeah. who did this, who found these hot girls that shred. But you, you're kind of like, well, why, aren't you, why are you in your bedroom? Yeah. You well, know? the way the internet works now, maybe people will see that and, and, and get them in their band. Yeah. You know, who knows? Um, when you were in early bands, were these, uh, were guys and girls in the band or were you always like, you just wanted to be with yeah. girls? No, it was, uh, well, my, one my first all female band was, was uh, a trio and mm-hmm. we wanted to be like ZZ Top and, um, and my Without best, the beards. Yeah. They didn't have the beards then. And well, maybe, when did they get the beards? Anyway. Like 79, I think. I made my, really my best friend be a drummer so that I would have a drummer. Perfect. And uh, did she have a drum set? I mean, a drum set's not cheap. It was. There was. You know, we all went. We all went to the the, the commune hippie school. So it <laughs> okay. was like. So there were instruments there. That well, everyone... I don't know where she got the drums. To be honest, mm-hmm. but they're not. You can get a drum kit. You can do anything. That always. That's true. You can do anything. You can do Thank anything. you, Kathy. Yeah. Why am I putting? Why am I trying yeah. to stop yeah, people's dreams from happening? Yeah. I'm like, not that guy. Such a scarcity mentality. You're right. I'm sorry. I apologize to the <laughs> listeners. I apologize to our guest. Um, when do you, um, were the Go-Go's formed in Los Angeles? Yes. When did you, when did you travel out here? Well, um, there's a lot before from where we just left off. To Please that. tell it. I don't want to jump ahead. That's that okay. quickly. That's a, Please it's tell just me. a big jump. When I, I went to England and I started playing with a group of girls that went on to be girls school. Oh, a heavy metal band. Yeah. But nice. at the time they weren't heavy metal and they were playing like, they were. They did a lot of covers, and they were just playing at pubs. and mm-hmm. And I took my guitar to England and answered an ad in the Melody Maker, and I just thought that they were the the coolest girls I'd ever seen in my life. And not only there was this whole little area of London they lived in, and not only was it them, but there was these other girls that had bands. So I just thought I was in female. That's amazing. Band rocker heaven. And how old are you at this point? Uh. 17. And who do you, you have family there though? Cause your mom was, yeah. so 
So I'd go and I would just take the train and we'd practice and stuff. And but while I was there, so I taught them. Um, I taught them a ZZ Top song. I taught them Tush, which they kept in their set forever. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, and they taught me. Um, they turned me on to Tom Petty. They knew Tom Petty was big in England before here. And uh, what else? We so we we kind of turned each on each other onto music. But it was also right when punk was happening. Mm-hmm. So I kind of got fired up with that, and I wasn't. I got replaced. I got a stomach ache and missed a gig. And Kelly Johnson stepped in, and she would like. I saw her playing. I'm like, I'm I'm dead. <laughs> I'm dead. And you're playing guitar at that point. I've Not, always, yeah, I always I always played guitar. It was just it was just in the Go Go's. The only in, band I've ever played bass, bass in. in. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, so anyway, I decided to come back and start a, a punk band, and it was you know. It was kind of, I mean, it was kind of punk, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> we weren't we weren't necessarily angry, but we just embraced the whole, you know, thing. And it was the first one in Austin. So that's the band that moved to Los Angeles because we decided we needed to be there. And who's in that band? It's me and my friend Marilyn, who was still playing drums, and um, another friend, Carla, Carla Olson. So, and what was the name of the band? You the, know, the, the Violators. The Violators. Yeah. And so you come to LA. You just we you, come to, and we have immediately have a falling out. <laughs> and so Carla and does I. Does that did, happen more with girls than guys? I don't know. No. I don't my wife so. always. My wife and I always talk about this. Like if my friends and I have a fight. You know, we just tell each other how it. We tell it. We lay it on the line. We tell each other how it is, and then it's done. But I don't know that girls do that. Well. I don't know. I mean, when you think of bands, there's lots of, I mean, you know, replacements and Guns N' Roses. No, that's and, true. I mean, guys fight. I guess I'm not in a band. I'm just talking about my stupid friends. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a falling out, and then do you guys... Did, did, oh, we had a falling out. Did so they th- stay here, or did yeah, they... Yeah, me and Carla started a band called mm-hmm. The Textones, and that okay. was a really fun time, because right. we were friends with the Plimpsolls and the mm-hmm. No, and there was this really cool scene in L.A., which... For me, it was perfect because coming from my background where I was really liked, I just liked what I liked. I didn't yeah. care whether it was part of a scene. And for me, it was great because there was a lot of great rockabilly bands mm-hmm. and like new wave, skinny tie bands. It had great pop songs and some really cool punk bands. And there was it was a great scene in L.A. when I got out here. And um, the text tones kind of just, we tried to make our little mark, but... It became evident pretty quickly after about two years that it was kind of two bands that she would, Carla, my bandmate, would write songs and sing her songs, and yeah. I would write songs and sing my songs, and it kind of didn't seem like there was a, a, any cohesion. Yeah, so I I left that band, and it was in that kind of free fall of now what here I am in L.A. now what that I was approached to um, to fill in mm-hmm. as a bass player. And I just said immediately, I was approached, I was at the Whiskey, and Charlotte Caffey came up, and she said, do you play bass? They knew who I was. And did you play bass, or did you just say, yeah, I play? And I said, yeah, I play. But you didn't really. But I wasn't, I mean, it's yeah, bass. it's the same. It's, it's, a yeah, bass. it's bass. It's not like they're saying, do you play tuba? <laughs> not I, to like... I do. I mean, I think it's really hard to play bass very, very well, mm-hmm. but to just pick up a bass and play and... The Go Go's. It's not really hard, you know. I'm sorry, it's not. It's funny because when I, when I hear your ba- some bass lines in these songs that we're, we'll hear some of them before we get to uh, 
what you're doing now. Um, you sound pretty great on bass. You're well, pretty, here's the thing, and here's the what. Because I was what? really listening today, and I'm like, because yeah, I'm like, okay, Kathy's on bass. I really want to really concentrate on the bass, and there's some pretty great bass playing on those albums. Yeah, well, it's because I'm. I mean, not to pat myself on the back, but I'm. I'm very musical. Mm-hmm. So when when I write a song, sometimes I I can't. I got to figure out like what I when I'm hearing stuff mm-hmm. like. God, this could be a great harmony, or this could be a great bass part, or yeah. it could be a hook. So it's really just kind of picking the musicality out of my brain. And if I'm the bass player, I'm just going to put it there. Okay. So, but I, I tend to play, I think, a lot like a guitar player, which I think is a great school of bass players. Yeah. There's a lot of bass players, and I, I play differently than other bass players. And for me, it's just about, you know, playing good notes. And locking in with the drummer. There you go. You know that's all there is to it. Uh, so you uh, so you get asked to fill in. They don't have a bass player. Yeah. You're going to fill in, and you at that time. And what's what's their situation? The go-go situation at that they point. Were, they Just were just playing, gigging around. Or? No, they were popular. They had gone to England mm-hmm. and had done a tour with Madness, and they had released a single on Stiff. Okay. Of uh, the first version of We Got the Beat. Okay. And when I stepped in. It was three nights at the Whiskey, and it was sold out, and it was two shows a night. So I went from kind of this band that was just, you know, trying to get somewhere to like, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is what I came here for. Yeah. So I, you know. So it at looked that pretty point, good from the Whiskey Well, yeah, stage. at that point, if they wanted a digi player, I would have <laughs> said, okay. What? I mean, I, I came here to... Play in to front play of music to make a living yeah, doing wanted, what you wanted, wanted to be, do. I wanted to be, you know, in a big band. When you're in the tech stones, uh, not to backtrack for a second, mm-hmm. um, what are you doing? What are you doing to support yourself? Uh, are you? Uh, did you wait tables or, or was the tech stone? Were you able to make no. enough money gigging around? That- no, I, I've always since I was young, I always had pretty good jobs, mm-hmm. and um, I got a job at a place that's on a third. It used to be on third in La Cienega. Mm-hmm. Close to the Beverly Center, it was called Transamerica Real Estate Tax Service. Okay, and it was an office job, yeah. and it paid very well. But I and did they know about your your other aspirations and what you were out doing at night, or did you just keep it? You yeah. just, everybody just went and stared at the. It was called microfiche. <laughs> yes, yes, everybody I remember. Stared at these things and mm-hmm. did our. And I would like look up famous people's uh, tax records. <laughs> On their property. <laughs> you were probably not supposed to do that, Kathy. Well, it was right there. What are you going to do? And then you, you, could, you would know where they live, too. You could find their addresses. Yeah, but luckily I'm not a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> I tracked you down that way. Microfish, <laughs> I found her. Um, so, but anyway, I quit that. I, okay. I, was, I quit that. And at the time, and this was like, when I, I joined the Go-Go's very quickly after yeah. those first shows, I, I, was, I was asked to, to stay on. And I was... At the time when they asked me, I was actually getting unemployment. Okay. And how long were the, 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 uh, it, it's the, the band that we knew, the four of them were, mm-hmm. okay. And how, uh, how long had the four of them been together? They started in 1977 or eight, yeah. I think. And this is 19. This was, I think they started in 78. Okay. It couldn't have been 77. So this is so like two or three years. They've been going for a couple of years. Yeah. And did they, were they, they welcome you? Did you feel like, uh, you had found some, some sisters, some yeah, friends? For me, it was like, I just, I loved the songs. Yeah. Loved the songs. I mean, I got a cassette. That's how I had to learn. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't even hear the bass. I had no idea what she was playing. <laughs> so I just like, you know, did the best I could. And, um, 
I just I could hear. I could hear it was good. And then how and long? And I liked him. And 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 more than that, everyone else liked him. I mean, three sold out nights at the whiskey. That was like to me. That was the pinnacle of success. Yeah, I, I mean. mean this has been this, the sto- the whole trajectory of the Go Go's is hilarious for me because every step to me was like that's it. If it can all end now, yeah. and you know I'm at I'm in L.A. playing the whiskey, and it could have stopped there. Tommy Lee from Motley Crue said the same thing. Is the night we played the whiskey, and I was 17, I thought we've made it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and not, then, not knowing what what was to come. Yeah, and each step of the way, and I I mean. I think more than anybody in that band, I think that I just, I, I just relished every little... I, and I used to, I coined this term called, I'd say, pinnacle of success. Mm-hmm. That's another <laughs> pinnacle of success. I mean, I just... I mean, and every time it would go up a notch, it would mm-hmm. just blow my mind that this had happened. And that, wow. And I would try to kind of... Just Did, were you, were you, at that at that age, because you're young, are you able to stop and take it in and and, and have a have a, a memory of it? Like oh like, yeah, it's like crystallized. I mean every, I mean I remember. I just remember the way it felt. Everything about it. And so how did you, how did the band then get signed to uh, to IRS? Um, well, Miles Copeland had been kind of sniffing around okay. a little bit. I think well they'd gotten rejected by everybody else. But we that seems to be so many band stories, like yeah. Joan Jett rejected by everyone. everyone's yeah. rejected by everyone, and then all of a sudden, people are on board. Yeah, how does that happen? No, I don't know. The executives doing maybe it doesn't doing. really happen. It's something we just all say. You just we all just say, all say it. it to make people <laughs> hopeful. That's no, it, it um, it was just like uh, we did a, a Roxy kind of thing just for Miles, and we got signed after that. It was about April of '81, and uh, you know, so then that oh. By then, I was getting $40 a week, and I'd never been in a band where mm-hmm. I got a salary. So $40 a week plus my unemployment check, plus I wasn't paying rent. I was staying with a, a friend. So to me... You loaded. I was in, I was staying in the Hollywood Hills. I was like, to me, I was like living the high life, and I was 21 years old, and it was just like insanely great. And then when when then we got a record deal. Yeah, you get a record deal. And then the next thing, no, and then we're making our record in New York City. We're making a record in New York City, so that was insanely great. And the producer of uh, of Beauty and the Beat, and I can't, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Richard Goddard. Goddard. He 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 uh, co-produced Blondie's first album. He, yeah. he co-produced Marshall Crenshaw's debut album. And he used to be in the Strange Loves. See, I didn't know that. So yeah. that's why you're here. He wrote the song "I Want Candy." That that Bow Wow Wow did. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, um, so now you're in New York. You're in recording studios. Is this the first time you had ever been in like a like a real like yes. recording studio? Yeah, it was all new. To me. And as as everyone, um, and how many songs do you guys have at the time? Well, they had been. They had a lot of songs, and it's funny because you know Richard picked the songs we were going to do, mm-hmm. and we did them all, and it was like I think. Charlotte really was, because uh, when they asked me to stay, I said, I, I really want to be in the band, but I'm a songwriter and I don't want to do it unless I can contribute. Yeah. And they said, we want that. We need another songwriter. Good. And uh, I think, I don't know if I said something to her or she just out of, but I said, you know, I really want a song on this record. And so she kind of went to bat for me mm-hmm. and I showed him a song I'd done in the text tones and it was Can't Stop the World. 
and uh, and that got and we learned it in the studio like we hadn't done it live so that I feel like that song got a little bit of a because all the other songs they'd played for years yeah and this song we just worked it up and it, it's I'm so grateful it's on there because you know. And I get really happy because a lot of people, a lot of Go-Go's fans tell me that that song has meant a lot to them. Well, um, we're going to play a little of it. And I want to tell you, and I'm not just, I'm not just kissing your butt. That's my favorite song on the album. Oh, wow. So let's hear Can't, Sto- that from- Can't Stop the World. It's a great song. Thank you. Do whatever you have to do. This part won't. We won't. This part right here won't be yeah, able to show. Yeah, we'll edit this out. Do you have? Do you, you can't put the songs in later. No, we just play them as we go. You don't like to hear it. We're gonna hear the blue bonnets. We're gonna hear the delphines. We're gonna hear some solo stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be doing words with friends while you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Is it on? Uh, yeah, we we're, were so uh, so that that's that song closes out uh, side two or or if you, uh, CD it's the last song in the CD. I think that song shouldn't be that deep in the mix, but uh, I understand you're new to the band. But that's a, that's a, you get a solo co-writing credit on that. Yeah, it's my song. I did yeah, that's it, your the, song. The text tones recorded it too. And that's that's see, that's fantastic. And I did a mashup of that of the two versions not too long ago. It was fun. Nice. Where can we where can I hear that? Oh, I don't know. I. So, you know how social media is. It's like you got to feed the beast, and it's like one day I just like made this cool mashup mm-hmm. and I threw it up just on put there, it out there, and then that was the end of that. So you record this album. It comes out. You have a, you have a two top forty singles. Uh, Our lips are sealed goes to number twenty. We got the beat goes to number two. You got a top five single, and it goes on. You sell two million copies of this. You guys must have been like flying high. Yeah, MTV was, is MTV. Well, is, it wasn't. It wasn't that quick. Right. It wasn't that quick. I mean, we got in a van and went mm-hmm. on the road and yeah. played every, you know, all the first tier clubs. Who were you supporting on some of those shows? Well, we didn't support. We did a club headlining tour. That's and, and, we, and that was Miles' idea. Yeah. That's so, that's smart. Yeah, we we did that. Clubs. I think that's what he had the police do too. They yeah. played a club headline. He, has tour. A, he definitely has a strategy. Yeah. And so we did that. That's a great word for it, a strategy. Hmm. We did, so we did all the clubs and um, and some of the, I mean it was just it was great. Like when that's when we met John Belushi. He came to our club show, the Peppermint Lounge. <laughs> nice. He introduced us, and um, and then it just kind of kept rising. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know we we got rid of the van and and little things like you know we were we would have like two hotel rooms and then. You know, then we got three hotel rooms and then we got, you know, when it's two hotel rooms, how does everyone split off? What's the deal? 
I don't remember, but all I remember is like when it came to three, like we'd rotate who got their own room. Oh, so it'd be two, two, and one, and it, you'd take turns. Sounds very diplomatic and, to me. And then eventually you get like, you know, there's five, you get your own room. And eventually you get a tour bus and pinnacles of success. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if I if I if I named each episode something, this episode is obviously called Kathy Valentine. But if I if I actually made names, it would be called uh, Pinnacles of Success. Is it's, the name I would it's choose. Good. Um, so then, uh, and then, in 1982, the second album, Vacation, and uh, and you guys are all over MTV with uh, with the title track, Vacation, which uh, which you co-wrote. Well, actually, I, that was an intact song that I also recorded with the Textones. Here we go. See how this happens? See, that was a, and that was actually um, when I brought that into the band. They didn't. It was the you know they didn't have a lot of material yeah. left over. So yeah, you, you, what what they what do they the say? The best stuff had gone on the first right. record, and obviously, so there was the stuff that didn't make it on the first record of mm-hmm. the old songs, and there hadn't been a lot of time to write. Yeah. For the second record we'd been working really hard so so i brought in a couple songs from my text tones days uh, we don't get along and vacation and um you know we tried we wrote a few songs and I, I think the record suffered you know from the lack of time the sophomore slump type of yeah. thing even though but vacation i and that one i mean again if you abm you can hear it was an intact song but it's an interesting thing because um, I showed it to Charlotte and she said, well, I think it could, you know, needs a little bit of work. So we mm-hmm. worked on that a little bit. And um, um, Jane didn't really work on it. She suggested one line change as we were going in to record. And I gave her a, 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 a co write. So, but. That the, was very nice of you. Yeah. For one line. Yeah. And is the uh, but but then it becomes the title track of the album, and that video is all over yeah. MTV. Yeah, it became kind of the conceptual whole thing. And what I didn't know about the Go Go's at the time was uh, how great you guys are on water skis. You guys are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think of the video? Oh, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. Did you like making videos back then? No, it was boring and long and. <laughs> Everything was pretty alcohol-fueled, everything. everything. Was that the drug of choice? It was alcohol at the time? Yeah, and, and, and Coke, because then you can do drink more, you know. So, And it starts out just, you know, boredom, and, mm-hmm. and it was the 80s, and we're, you know, in our 20s. Mm-hmm. And so everything, that, that became a way to make it a party. You know, anything that's boring, whether it's, you know, waiting around... Can why wait around when you can party? That's Make true. it a party. Uh, you get you get a you get a couple uh, you get a solo co-write on this too with a song called "We Don't Get Along." Yeah, that's, I just was talking about that one, and I did that, and that was also a text tone song, and it was also covered by an artist named Phil Seymour. It was the very first cover I got. He used to play with Dwight Twilley. Nice. Yeah. Um, can we now? If I play some of this song, are you going to play "Words with Friends" when this song is playing? Probably. Is that what you're going to do? Yeah. Okay, let's hear it anyway. This is uh, <laughs> this is from uh, the vacation album. This is We Don't Get Along, written solely by Kathy Valentine.
And again, I like a lot of songs on this album. I like Girl of a Hundred Lists. I, I like Vacation. But that's one of my favorites. It just happens... You should hear the. Be, you should hear the uh, other two versions of it sometime. Then I will check those really out. Different. Now it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, a little bit of sour grapes on giving away some credit to a, to vacation, which you are saying was intact, and I believe you. Did you express? The, did you have those? Uh, not sour grapes. But you want the, the real story? Whatever you want to tell me, okay. but I mean, did you at the time? Do you um? Do you do you bring this up like? Uh, or well, are you no, just no, going I'm, with the flow because success is happening? No, it's actually deeper than that. Okay. I, on the first record, uh, there was a lot of press about how Jane and Charlotte were the songwriters, right? And I thought they were amazing songwriters. Mm-hmm. And when the second record comes, and all of a sudden my song is being kind of. Uh, it's the forward, song being it, put forward. It's, well, it's I got, the song. I was, I was actually really insecure, and this is why I like to say this because you know you never. I like people to learn from mm-hmm. other people's um, experience. Anyway, I felt like scared to have it be. I don't know to have that pressure. Mm-hmm. And Charlotte did a, a. You know, we worked on that together. Yeah, and um, so I didn't mind that, but. I also think I was happy to give just to have those two names on the song mm-hmm. gave it more legitimacy. I mean, in a weird way, I felt like it, I it, get that. I, it, that makes sense. You know, I you're, you're 23 years old, and it's like, oh, that's who the press is saying are the songwriters. And I think I was just, I think I was scared and insecure, and and I felt like it legitimized my song. So it's not sour grapes. It's just live and learn. Sour and, grapes. And, it was probably the yeah that was I. That was probably the wrong thing. But I understand. Like, if I wrote a screenplay, and then some famous screenwriter wrote two scenes, and then he got a co-write with me, but it was my name next to his, and this was my one of my first things, you'd be like, that's great. Yeah. I, it looks like I wrote a, I wrote a script with this guy. So yeah. I, I, I understand. Okay. And also, if, the, if people said, oh, this stinks, then it's not, you're the one that wrote right. the stinker you go, song well, you know, that ruined the band's career. Right. It's like, <laughs> and it didn't ruin the band's career. It's... It, it, I mean, if if you ask someone name three Go Go songs, Vacation would be one of the ones they would. Oh say. yeah, I'm super, pr- and I I think of it as my song. I just do. It's and that's just the way I think of it because I it it really came from the heart. I mean, it's nothing. There's nothing, and I think the public can tell mm-hmm. when a song comes from the heart because there's nothing great in the lyrics mm-hmm. or exceptional, but. It truly is from my experience that I wrote, and I know exactly where it came mm. from, and I know when I wrote it. So to me, it's always going to be my song. And that's the song that makes people feel good. No, that song, when that song comes on the radio, you're singing it, you're bopping along, you feel good. Yeah. So that's, that's important. That's just as important as some deep Paul Simon or Bob Dylan lyric, in my opinion, yeah. it's just it's just as good in a different way. Yeah, and it goes to number eight. Yep, you wrote a top ten single. I did. Kathy Valentine. Yep. from Austin, Texas. Thank goodness. From the commune, from the hippie commune. <laughs> There's been times where that's the only income I got. Was song. So. <laughs> What's that like? Wait, I, I'm not asking for a dollar amount, obviously. But do you get residual checks a lot? Do those come in? Well, yeah, and there's times like you know, like if. There's times where you're like, oh, my God, how am I going to live? How am I going to pay my taxes? Or how am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. And then, like, usually when you just desperately need it, it doesn't happen. But when right. things are okay, you'll get like, oh, your song's being used in a Priceline commercial. Nice and it's little like, surprise. Ah! And it's, <laughs> it's like the best. That is good. That is good. 
but this album does not do as well as the first album. It, it, it goes gold, which yeah. is great. Yeah. If you had a gold album now in 2015, yeah. that'd be amazing. 500,000 copies. Definitely. But so now is the record company worried because the, the sophomore album didn't do as well as... Uh, well, we were Beauty on a small Beat. label and I, I don't... So any sales on IRS were amazing. Yeah, I mean, I don't recall them being... Okay. You know, I think we were more disappointed than right. they were. We had a really supportive team. IRS Records was a, a really great company. Yeah. And then, um, and then the third album comes out, uh, Talk Show. You got a different producer, Martin Russian, and who worked with the Buzzcocks and the Stranglers and Generation X and Human League. So he's. Uh, we, did you choose him, or is that, the, or does the record company say you're going to work uh, well, with this guy? Miles Copeland always had ideas, but we would, you know, we had to sign off on it. Yeah. So yeah, he was, you know, he. We were really. We loved. Um, don't you want me? You know, that's yeah. had been his last gigantic. Day. Yeah. Yeah. And it felt like we were hoping that it would be a a, a different sound for us. But it's. But it wasn't. It was actually a very different sound. Most people say that that record sounds like a, the most. I don't know. A lot of people say it's really different. So there you have it. She's putting me in my place. I like this. Uh, you get five <laughs> co-writes on this, or you have a, yeah. You 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 write five songs on this album. So every album it's picking up one song, four songs, now five songs. Mm-hmm. I also played lead guitar on several of those. Yes, you did. Because <laughs> we needed that. We needed some help in that department. Um, and how do you, so is, is, that, is that one, is that your, if, at the time then, that was your favorite Go-Go's album? Is um, that your favorite one? No, not really. I don't really have a favorite one. I have fav- I'm more song-oriented. I have songs I like. Let's, well, let's hear a little bit of uh, Kathy Valentine and Charlotte Caffey co-wrote the Head Over Heels. And then we're done playing it. Kathy's going to tell me that she wrote all this. I love that song. I love the I love drums. I love when Belinda does that husky like thing. I love that's that a song great, too. That's a great. That you were actually bopping along to that song. I'm telling that people song. that. It's, I think it's recorded perfectly yeah. and it's timeless. Yeah, that's a great song. Uh, what other songs? I turn to you. I like that song too. I like turn to you. It's a good album. And then she's making a face. Yeah. This isn't a video podcast. I don't mind it. I like the. Doing. I think the guitar solo is good on it. Yeah. Was that you? Mm-hmm. Turn to you, guitar solo. Mm-hmm. Okay, people. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, were you credited on the album as playing guitar? I, I, I should have been. I don't know. I don't remember. All right. I was just trying to be of service. 
what's the uh, what's the um, uh, what's the temperature of the room in the Go Go's band right now? Are you guys uh, are you guys what still, now? No, 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 no. In, oh. in, in at this period, oh, are you guys still period. getting along? Uh, no, point? it was it was a this is, it this was a horrible mess. Okay, then it was horrible. Is that because um, of uh, of drugs and stuff? I think it was just burned out and. You know, somebody's on heroin and somebody else is like wants to sing and can't sing and freaks out and or not can't sing, but isn't allowed to. Okay. Freaks out and leaves in the middle of the recording. All right. and so they just wanted like one track on the album. Oh, I'd like to sing one yeah, track I to sing on the album. A, Jane okay. wanted to sing a song. song. Okay. And, you know, we decided, the band decided, Belinda, everybody decided, no, Belinda's the singer. This okay. is the way it is. Of course, looking back, you know, who the F cares? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh, but at the time it seemed, and, you know, she freaked out and just left okay. in the middle of it. And, you know, it just, it just seemed there was just, it was chaos okay. and it was complete. Just, it was an, and Charlotte couldn't play. That's why I was playing some of the guitar parts. Cause Charlotte was having some problems she with some drugs problems. And I think carpal tunnel yeah. sometimes and just like, this isn't behind the music. So it's not like we're saying stuff that isn't, hasn't been oh, out no. there. Yeah. And, and besides, yeah, whatever. And so, um, it was a crazy time and um, an unpleasant time. And yet, I... And how are you physically at this point? Are you keeping it together? All I want is for this band to stay together. As mm-hmm. far as I'm concerned, one in a million gets to do this. Right. And I'm like going... In, like I'm just insanely trying mm-hmm. to, to contain it. Who's your closest ally in the band at that point? God... Good question. Is it Gina? Is the rhythm section staying together? Well, I don't think I had, I don't think there was an ally at that point. I mean, it was just, I think probably, I would say Gina would have to be because at that point we have a, I think we get a different manager and the managers like all, you know, they're like, oh, this is a a monster. Let's just get the singer and get, get rid of them. And yeah. So it was just like all of this stuff coming going on from all directions, and it was, and I was just trying to keep it all, and you know, keep it contained, keeping it, keep it afloat. Yeah. And so then, and then, so what? What's the? What's the? When's the breakup? What? What causes? Is there like a single thing that causes it, or it's just? Well, Jane left, and we decided to. I would move to guitar. Okay. Which was my idea, and and uh, we'd hire a bass player. Okay. And we did that, and we went off to Rio, which brings us back to, to White Snake. To White Snake, okay. I like things that make that full circle. <laughs> anyway, um, and Charlotte came back and went into rehab, okay. which I was glad. I was like, okay, we'll have a, a more functioning yeah. band member back, and this will all be good. But as it turned out, it that didn't it didn't go like that at mm. all. And and uh, you know, when you interview her, you can find out what was going on in that process but but basically her and Belinda decided they were going to work on Belinda's solo record yeah. and they did the old you know let's have a meeting and Gina and I just got blindsided and it's I the story just, it's the, the same story all the time oh my god and I, I remember just going 
why don't we just take a year off? Yeah. Go make a solo yeah, do record. do your solo album. And Jane make can make it. a solo album? Yeah, just make a... Well, she was gone. She yeah. wasn't in the picture. But I mean, I'm just saying, you know, yeah, yeah, I was hey, just we'll like, do solo album, whatever. Just take a year or two yeah. off. Well, don't... But they were adamant that it had to be announced, and okay. it was just... it was. Ugh. That stinks. It was stinky. So then... But then in 1990, you guys... Get back together. Yeah, we got back together for a short time. And who who initiates that? Well, um, I think there was because Belinda is having solo success. She, she was successful, yeah. and and uh, I mean, I had gotten sober, so I think I'd gotten in touch with Charlotte okay. and kind of mended that bridge. And Gina and I had kind of worked together and hung out and been friends. And there was like different uh, degrees of contact, but. The main thing was the, um, the record company was putting out a greatest hits package. And I think there was also an opportunity to do a benefit for the environment. And it just, so we came together. I yeah. think we did the, I think the greatest hits and did this benefit show. This was 1990. Yeah. And then in 94, a best of two CD yeah, best we, of comes out. We Yeah, we broke up again after that <laughs> because there was um, a lawsuit I think that was the time of the lawsuit. Yeah. What was the lawsuit about? I don't know about the lawsuit. Okay. Well, in the band, we had this deal where if you didn't write a song, you got like a percent, a small percent, mm-hmm. a stipend okay. or something. And when the band stopped playing, the, the percent stopped coming. And it just seemed like, okay, well, that's not... It's supposed to be always. Yeah. But whatever. I don't know. So Gina... And I met with a lawyer, and I decided, well, I'm, I've got enough songs. Yeah, I you definitely do. I'm not going to sue anybody. But she went on and did it, and blah, blah, blah. And did it, was it in her favor? Did she? Oh, I think it's, you know, they settle those things, settle okay. out. But it was bad blood. It was just more bad blood. And, and um, anyway. Okay, so then in 94, the, there's a return to the Valley of the Go-Go's. Three new tracks are recorded. Um, and I love, again, I love the whole world lost its head. Yeah. I absolutely love it. And this was co-written by Kathy. So let's hear a little bit of this. We're almost wrapping up this go-go chapter and moving on. Of these, uh, of these three uh, new tracks, I'm seeing uh, a Caffey, a Weedlin, a Shock, and a Valentine. And someone's, uh, someone's not pulling their weight on the songwriting. I'm not going to say who. You can go and Google it, figure out who. Um, at the, uh, when you're writing these uh, couple of new reunion tracks, uh, is, it, is it some chemistry, obviously, to write a song like this with Jane Weedlin? I mean, that's a great tune. You guys um, are getting along? Yeah. Yeah, it was a good. That was, I think that was probably our peak peak period i think everybody looked great and was mm. super um super uh positive and ready to kind of round to it right and uh and round two lasts for a while 
Yeah, it pretty much just that was that was how it went. And then in 2001, we finally get uh, Kathy's playing with her phone. I'm trying to turn it off. It's fine. Are you winning your game? Who are you playing? That's with? I'm not playing a game. I was like returning a message. I would love to know that you're like playing words with friends. With like, uh, yeah, me and Peter Frampton have a game going. Just a <laughs> quattro and I play. Joan Jett and I have quite a run. You would like to know my words with friends contacts. I'd love to know who you're playing words with friends with. I've got 20 uh, games going. Yeah, I got like 15 games going. It's yeah. addictive, isn't it? Yeah. Are you good? Um, you know what? I thought it was good. And then I got the app where you can see like your standings and who you've played and stuff. Yeah. And like someone I play with who I'm like, uh, yeah, we're, we're pretty even. And then I look, I'm like, oh no, they beat me like uh, three out of four times. They'll beat me. So, yeah. I, I look at the stats too. Yeah. Sometimes I just play quick. Cause I just like playing. Sometimes yeah. I'm not out to win. I just like playing. I like playing and I like that it ends. I mean, you're not like just going to do this for hours. You, you do yes. it and then you put it away, put it away. and you don't think about it. And I, I don't do it when like I'm in, if I'm, I'm, I don't do it at home and I'm ignoring the family. I just like in the, in the bathroom is where you play it. That's where I take my phone into the bathroom and I play the words with friends. TMI. TMI. Okay. Uh, my friend, uh, a <laughs> guy I know uh, calls it turds with friends. Oh God. Isn't that gross? How dare he? I don't. It's this other guy. Okay, 2001 is actually, we get a Go-Go's album. We get a new Go-Go's album uh, called God Bless the Go-Go's. I love this album. Oh, good. I love it. Do you like it? Because I hope you do, because I love it. I do like it. I don't like the name of it, and I don't like the artwork. Uh, you know what? Yeah, you guys are all like uh, virginal. It's like those saint things, those saint yeah. cards. I, I was, nah. But, um... But then the, 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 the band photo, you guys look so fantastic in that band photo. Yeah, that was another good period. Yeah, everyone looks really, I'm going to say it, hot. Everyone looks great. It's fantastic. And uh, I'm not coming on to you. I'm just saying everyone looks good. That's good. Just give me a look. No, um, <laughs> no, I'm not. It's but, not a uh, look. Uh, but the, I have oh, a look that looks like I'm giving it a look, and that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Can I text someone and let them know that I'm okay? <laughs> because I'm a little nervous now. Uh, opening track is La La Land. Uh, you and Charlotte wrote this. Uh, great track. Let's hear La La Land. Some some guests are coming in to help write. Jim Valance co-writes a song. Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day co-writes a song. Susanna Hoffs from the uh, the Bangles and Jill. How do you say her name? Sobley. Sobel. Sobel. That's so dumb. Jill Sobel uh, co-writes a song, and uh, another song you co-wrote with someone last name Heatherton. Mm-hmm. Who's the what's her what's the person's first name? That's the only name she has, as far she, as I she know. just goes Heatherton. Yeah. She's like Cher or Madonna. It's Heatherton. Yes, uh, she was in a band that I produced, and um, one of the songs I produced um, when I was writing for this record, mm-hmm. I, I wrote a song, and and I was like, oh, I think I, I think I, um, I think that's partially 
a song from their record. Yeah. Like I just, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, that, that melody. I see what you're saying. So, so you gave her you, you credit. You did the right thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, again, I wrote, it's all the words and everything, but there's a part of it that just was this, I mean, it was like, that's that thing. It was, which, yeah. which means it was good. Yeah. It well, stuck that, in my head. Well, that's like the Rolling Stones song, Has Anybody Seen My Baby? Sounds like Katie Lang's Constant Craving, and they gave her credit. Did you know that? No. Yeah, they did. I didn't know that. Let's hear, the song is called Apology. It was released as one of the singles. Let's hear Apology. So uh, that that I love how it sounds. I love how it's produced. I yeah. think everyone sounds fantastic on it. Yeah, uh, I, I always tell I tell people all the time to get that album. Yeah, because I, I I think it's a great record. And then you guys you guys do annual tours for many many years after this. And then because I want to put it, I want to put this to bed and move on. Then what finally happens that you are not a, a go go anymore? Well, in um, in two thousand twelve. I we were getting ready to go out on tour mm-hmm. and I slipped and fell and broke my wrist. But I think I had a target on my head pr- mm. prior to that. I I, I was getting some emails uh, from Belinda that were it was I could feel the target and the target. You know I wasn't the first target. You know and so for, for so for all these annual tours that you were doing for all these years, are you are you guys getting along though during those things? Well, no, there was like. Though I'd have to say, for starting from about two thousand eight, maybe two thousand eight or mm-hmm. nine. So, so, no, no, going back even further, so, there started to be some bad shit and bad okay. blood starting around two thousand two, and things just started like things would happen, mm-hmm. and it's things that were like are hard to let go of. And yeah. I always say this in bands that like resentments are just. They're awful because even if you sort it out and apologize, it's like a little cancer cell. It's yeah. it's like it's just in remission. That's all yeah. it is. It's a, all it takes is that person to do to that do one thing, and that then, they always do, and that thing comes back. So, and it, you're like, here we go again. It's deathly, you know. It's it's death for a band. But um, so things, and that sucks because like every every year when it would be like, hey, we're ramping up for our summer tour or whatever we're gonna do part of you gets excited because you're like, great, I'm going to make money. I'm going to play. I'm going to meet fans. I'm going to do all that fun stuff. But then there's going to be this part of it. Well, there was a lot of dysfunction. And there was a lot of, uh, I mean, from a lot of directions. I mean, mm-hmm. there was there was uh, things that we turned down all the time because Belinda would only do limited stuff. So there yeah. was resentment from some people about that. Yeah. From my part, I'm a brand new mom and I'm married to mm-hmm. a guy that's earning a great living. So yeah. I was happy. I was happy to work as little as we okay. did. 
So I, that was never my issue. But there was that, that stuff. And then there was, um, you know, a lot of things happen. I mean, a couple of people, there was, it got to the, be very faction-y, where like two people would, you know, band up against three, three. And, and, or two against, and it, it just got to be like, just stuff was happening. And, and um, at one point, Belinda quit. And, uh, you know, somebody said, well, why don't we just get a new singer? Yeah. And some of us said, we don't want to, okay. you know, let's, we don't want to do it with him. That's, we don't want to do that. And then, yeah. so there's this stuff going on. And another point, you know, somebody wants th- something to be all equal and somebody says, okay. And then they change their mind and there's all, <laughs> it's just constant. Right. And, and, you know, somebody, there was other, other people almost got kicked out. So when it when I broke my wrist, yeah. I was like, and the target, I, I felt like, okay, I just know historically from the what's been going on in this yeah. band that I'm in trouble. I know that I'm in trouble. I knew it. I knew it. And um, so was it was the breaking the wrist? Was that the best thing that ever happened to you, or the I worst thing? I call it thing? the hand of fate. It's my ah, hand of fate. I like that too. See. I, I, if I was naming these episodes, I have a you would way. have trouble with this. I one. would have trouble. Yeah, I have a way with words, but um, um, so I this happened like three days before we were going to start rehearsals. So you know, it was obvious that someone was going to have to step in. Yeah, and that happened, and you know, it's it's all you know. Who says whose version you're going to hear? But, right. but the, then, the way I see it, if if I hadn't have broken my wrist, I would probably not have been turned against because yeah. I would have been there. That stinks. And how can you? You, you know. Yeah. But as it is, you know, it it led to me not being there. Led to a lot of a lot of. Um, it's kind of like. You know, when when there's a lot of dysfunction, sometimes sometimes the only unity comes from ganging up. Mm-hmm. It's like that's the unity is that right. we hate this person. Yeah, and, and when yeah, and, and when and, someone's out of the room, when someone's not there, they're like, yeah, that Kathy or whatever. Yeah, and and it's like then there's unity. And where, then and then all you need is someone to say, hey, doesn't it feel a lot better now that Kathy's not in the room? And then someone to say, yeah, it feels great. Yeah, and she this and and it's like so you, it's like you you get demonized, yeah. you know, and you're not there to make somebody laugh or right. make them remind them of this time or that. You're not there to. They're to just they of, just think of the bad, maybe. Yeah, and, and, and um, the good. And I, you know, I get it. It's just, that's what, and I, and I perceived crimes, you know, that I did. There was, I, I did a, what they said was that, that they didn't like my Twitter memoir, which I did a memoir on Twitter, which I thought was awesome. And, yeah. and other people thought it was awesome, but um, it upset some people. I guess they felt like I was pulling the curtain back and saying things that I sh- shouldn't have yeah. said or didn't have a right to say. So, I apologized and took it down and felt really bad. And it was never my intention okay. to, to be hurtful. And I thought it, it was water under the bridge, but it was probably one of those resentments that didn't go away. Right. So, you know, that was, but it was, it just got super, super ugly and it was really difficult. It was a hard time in my life. Yeah. That's sad. That's uh whenever, I mean, I, I love when I go to see bands that, that I've, I've liked forever I, I, it's it's something special to see 
the original members that you remember. Yeah. And when someone's not there for whatever reason it is, you know, if it's because of illness or, or someone's passed away, that's, you know, yeah. you, you resign yourself to that. But it, when you know that the people are still here with us, I love seeing the original members. Yeah. I think it was kind of special that we were all together, yeah. but I also have to say as, I mean, I'm always a musician, whether I right. was in a, the go-go's or I right. mean, I always, I'd get off a tour and mm-hmm. I would start playing with my other band and I would put my amp in the trunk and go down and play. Yes. And so, and I jumped, I jumped, uh, I jumped past the first Delphine's album, which came out in 96, just so we could wrap up the go-go's mm-hmm. part. But I do want to, I do want to play, um, uh, some stuff. Who is, who's in the Delphine's with you? At that time? At that time, for the first read, the self-titled album. Um, it was me and Dominique Davalos, mm-hmm. who's been, I started working with in 1992. And she's been probably my longest running musical partner. Because you want to keep, uh, you, you know when, when the go-go stuff is so inactive that you, you want to keep busy. You just don't want to. Yeah, I'm a musician. Yeah, that's I, what I'm you a, do. I'm a creative, very forward, pushing. Yeah. And and it was, it was a. Uh, with that kind of desire and it was, it was hard because it felt like we did a lot of the same set over and over and it was really hard to get new people to do new music. With, with the go-go's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, in a lot of ways I wasn't, I was grateful cause I loved performing yeah. and I loved our fans. The fans were, were are and were the best. And I mean, I really liked that. Yeah. And I liked the girls too. I mean, for all the problems and dysfunction, and I, I had fun with them. The two but hours on stage was great. It was, and sometimes it was fun at other times. But when you're a mom, you know, and it's like I had a they, they had had kids, but it was all while we were more apart, right? And so their kids were older, and and I'm I've just got my little little girl, right? You know, and I'm and I just I thought God, I, if it was something really creative and vital and 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 present i could see but when you're just going out and you know it just it felt really stagnant yeah i mean when you know some of these summer tours yeah you have you have you know 40 or 50 songs and you're playing the 12 and it was there was a lot of resistance there was a lot of resistance to to changing things and adding new things it was it was you know it's kind of like a a band has to have to be a real band, it needs like a collective energy. And if you're not the leader of the band, which I wasn't the leader of the band, yeah. there's you can't just push people all the time because then you're a pain in the ass right. for being always pushing. So, yeah, and you want to be the, the you want to be the squeaky wheel, but then you don't want to cross over into that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you know, it was it was not for me. It was not an ideal situation. So anyway, I they. The, and the, the to just wrap it up, you asked why I'm not in the band. They asked me to leave, or they didn't ask me to leave. They said we don't want to play with you anymore, which should have been the end of it. Yeah. But instead of leaving it at that, that they um, they decided to try to start a new company and license the name and which and I, and, and I, not include you in all those. Endeavors. Yeah, yeah. So that meant I had to do a lawsuit because I had to protect what was rightfully and legally mine. Right. And so lawsuits are never a good thing. Hmm. And um, that's was, you know, the end of that. Did that work out okay for you, though? Oh, um, it's all over, and I'm, I'm super, super happy. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, the Delphine's first album, I, I love it. 
and I actually saw you guys play in like the smallest club on Melrose Boulevard. I forget what the place was. It's just some tiny, I lived in walking distance from it and I was walking by and I saw you guys were playing. You, I know you see you're jogging your memory. Actually, I can't think what can't, was on Melrose. It was like some little, I don't even know what it was called either. Yeah. But I absolutely saw you on Melrose Boulevard in this little place. Who was the drummer? We had, a, we had like nine drummers. We had so many drummers in that band. I don't remember who the drummer was. It was a great band. We started out actually called the Blue Bonnets. And we had so many changes in personnel mm-hmm. that we thought we better just change the name. And that's when we became the Delphines. The Delphines. And where's that name come from? Well, we decided, Dominique and I were at a, a friend's house, a, a really cool guitar player named Delphine. She's French. Perfect. And we were at a party at her house. And we couldn't think of a name. But we decided to do this band there. Well, there's some great songs in here. And this is, this is one of those uh, long song titles. This is... I want you the way I want you, not how you are. Let's hear this. Yeah, I think she's great. She's, she's my rock star. I mean, I'm like, I've always been Keith looking for my rock star person, you know, and and Belinda's a, a, a really good vocal stylist and yeah. singer and a very charismatic front person, but she's not a rock star. She's a pop singer. Yeah. And I just, I'm just a rocker at heart, always have been. And I just, I think Dominique's fantastic. The minute I saw her, I was like, I want to be in a band with her. And she didn't even play at the time. She was at my... my, my you just like the look. She, was, she looked like she, she walked in. I was like, who was that? Oh, my God. And, she, and then she ended up playing bass. And I, like two years later, I saw her in a band. I'm like, there's that girl. <laughs> so we have, we have a, a really good, great... Um, well, let me indulge me. Let me play one more, another song off the first album. This is called Down Underground. A little bit of a Debbie Harry Blondie-ish stuff happening on that song. I, I really—that's what I hear. I, yeah. I, I love it. Well, when for some reason my voice sounds got a lot of qualities like that, and I mean, I on my solo record it really sounds like that, and it's—I mean, 
in a way, it's great because. Yeah. Deborah, but I'm not Deborah Harry. I'm, right, not, right. I'm not as good or anything. So it's you know I I would like to. I wish I had a different, a more distinctive. But I'd rather sound like her than. Than, other people. than not her, right? Than, than other people. Uh, and then um, you, you guys have a second album called uh, Cosmic Speed. And uh, this is a great album, too. Let's hear a little bit of a song called Carboy. done yet but what i just want to say what i do want people to take away from the podcast today the episode today is we all know the other band but you guys need to go to itunes and get these songs from the delphines these songs are amazing and if you have never heard them or you didn't know about the delphines just go through the songs. Listen to the first 90 seconds of every song. You're going to buy every single one because it's <laughs> a great you. album. And let's hear the title track. Let's hear one more. Let's hear another. Let's hear Cosmic Speed. How cool is that? Is that uh, is that Clem Burke on drums on this album? Does he play on some on tracks? On some tracks. I, I don't think he played on that one, but he plays he played on Carboy, which is Okay. And we actually put because some of these songs like like I think you have rightfully pointed out are so good that in the blue bonnets we sometimes go back in my present day band, yeah. we will go back and sometimes mine some of those because we have a bigger audience that they don't the, have. Yeah. Yeah, than the so, Delphine said. And it's like I just don't to me a song is like a little piece of real estate mm-hmm. and sometimes it just it grows in value and sometimes a property you know the it just sometimes it's a fixer upper and sometimes yeah. it's just it's just it its value isn't doesn't diminish just because you did it or wrote it yeah and it's still the two of you in the blue bonnets so yeah. why wouldn't you play these delphine songs yeah there's a song on one of the delphine's records that i really am thinking of doing on this next blue bonnets it's do not disturb I'm thinking of doing it. I don't have that one queued up, but... Well, it's okay, because it'll be on the next Blue Bonnet. Maybe, I don't know. Now, your solo album in 2005, you're doing all the singing on that. Yeah, I did I did almost everything, except yeah. um, I had some guest people play on it, but I co-produced it and played the solos and the guitars, and I might have... 
I can't remember what else. And do you like, are you comfortable singing? Do you like singing? I, I have a lot of people on that are guitar players and sing once in a while, but yeah, I, you, you would rather play guitar than sing. Well, it's not that. I just, uh, I don't, I think, you know, I can carry a tune, but I don't mm-hmm. think I have the kind of voice that anybody would, you know, I don't think I can carry a whole record or a whole set. So I, I like singing a song yeah. or two songs. And I liked making a record of my own because it was super liberating to not have to run everything through the committee. It's like I could do whatever I wanted, and I really liked that. And I liked being in the producer chair. It gave me a lot of confidence yeah. in, in my ideas and my creativity. Because, you know, in the Go-Go's, a lot of my ideas, no, nobody would... You have to get someone to agree. And, right. And you Just, know it's good, and nobody agrees, so... And even if you get one person in the Go-Go's, there's still th- three people that yeah, don't. Yeah, you're just, like, lobbying, and, and <laughs> it's just a, a drag. So, um, and to do the solo record, it's not that I think that I did the greatest record, but it just, it was great for me because it it was liberating, and it also showed me that I could count and believe and my instincts, my musical, my creativity. I think it's a pretty cool record. I actually, I have, I have three copies that we're going to give away to listeners. I I actually have five copies and I forgot to bring two. So three people will get a signed copy and two people will just have to enjoy that music or else Kyle will sign them. But But it uh, it was the first time that I had sang that much. And you know, I, I don't know. It's not my strongest thing, but it's not, I'm not embarrassed about it. You should not be embarrassed by it. It's not bad. No, it's not bad at all. And let's hear a song called Getting By from Kathy Valentine's Light Years. It's not what you said. It's not what you did. It's who you love and didn't love that broke my heart. I know it's not your fault. To have no choice Who can choose who they You sound lovely on that song. Thank you. That's that's. What's it like when you write? When you when you when do you write all the songs and then record them all when you're doing a solo album? No, I on, did on I your did, own time. I did it. I was pregnant when I started it, and so singing for two. Yeah, and I was. It was. It was very piecemeal. Just and I was working with my good friend Muddy, Mark Dutton, and and he would. I had a little tiny room, like probably the size of a, a closet that I had a little computer set up in. And, you know, I would go to my friend Gilby's house and do drums and then bring the tracks over. And so I just did it a little bit at a time and sometimes on my own and got, got a lot of help. And, um, but I, I think what I'm most proud of on that record is I, the lyrical, the lyrics, because I wrote all of the lyrics. And it's 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 really great. The songs in this album are really great, Thank and I you. think if people, uh, well, the people who get it for free are going to love it. But turn your friends onto it. Tell them to go buy it. And let's hear uh, let's hear the title track. Let's hear Light Years. You say Loud, you can know it all. 
wish that Debbie Harry on this song. Yeah. That sound. the cover i love the guitar and just your hand and my i told you earlier my wife commented on the the pictures inside how they just look like here's a strong confident woman so fantastic i like it uh so let's get to let's do this uh the blue bonnets and uh, again delphine's blue bonnets stuff's on itunes it's also on your website you can go download it there you probably get a better cut if they download it from your website right um i don't know you'd have to I'm telling you. I don't know. Uh, I looked up a microfiche. You're going to get uh, more money that way. Uh, so this uh, this first Blue Bonnets album from 2010 is called Boom, 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 Boom. Mm-hmm. I count Boom, 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 Boom. Four booms. I like that title. Yeah. I like this. Uh, what's on this cover? I can't quite make out with it. These... These speakers. Yes. This is from behind the speakers. Yeah, it's, uh, also like looks a, like a like a bullet bra too. It's uh, there it's you have it. Crazy. It's creative. And blue bonnets. Is it is is blue bonnets one word or is it two words? Blue bonnets. Well, it's one word, but it's the Texas state flower. And that's where the name originally came from. And oh, I look at that. Yeah, and the 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 band. It's an, it, we really started in 1992 in Los Angeles as a just a cover band to get. I wanted to get better on the Go Go's were doing nothing, and mm-hmm. I just thought I started dating a guy from Texas that remind. It kind of brought back my roots and like, you know, gosh, I wanted to play guitar that's what I played I wasn't a bass player and I started so I put together the blue bonnets hoping that we would go the route of so many bands that I love where you just start from the source and then let that shape you whether you turn into the yardbirds or the stones or whoever you turn into who, but you start there so that was how the blue bonnets started and it it kind of morphed into the delphines but when I moved back to Austin Texas in 2006 I thought why not just be the Blue Bonnets again? It doesn't yeah. have to be a blue. It can be whatever me and Dominique make it. Let's hear the opening track off the Blue Bonnets' uh, first album. Boom, 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 boom. This is called Can't Stop the Honey. Can't stop the honey. Gotta hear that. To think about it, you can't stop the honey. You can't stop the honey. Kathy, where are the Blue Bonnets playing around? Did you guys? Did you guys? Uh, yeah, we play do some tours. We did we you ever come a, to L.A.? Yeah, we come to L.A. and play, and we we just did a tour opening for the Water Boys, which was awesome. Nice. Yeah, we played with with them in ten cities, and it was great because it was just the greatest experience ever. It's probably one of my musical highlights of life. And I've got some really 
different musical highlights that you would never guess, like of, of life, but of my career. But anyway, that was one of them. And um, so, and we, we're, I want to start another record. So we're going to write a lot. We're, we're kind of pulling back on the gigs this summer and focusing on writing through the summer. I mean, we'll always keep playing, yeah. but, but we're not trying to get another tour or anything like that. But you that. did just have a record come out in 2014, yeah. just last year. But it was... I want to bring it up a notch because that this record got us to a level that we haven't seen before. Mm. And, um, the album I, play loud is the one you refer yeah, to. Yeah. It really, it kind of started. I don't, I hate that word buzz, but it got a little bit more, uh, I just feel like it's heating up. So do you think new music by the end of the year, 2015? I think I'd like it to have it come out next March. Perfect. That's my goal. And then get on the road and do some summer stuff. Well, I don't know about that, but no, I'm telling you, I'm booking you on the road. <laughs> I've already got, I've got papers signed. There's contracts. All, all I want is for it. You know, you have a new record, then you have a reason for people to write about you. Yeah, and you have a reason for people to bring you on the radio and stuff. So it just kind of it opens doors that are otherwise closed. Well, let's hear. I want to play something from Play Loud, and let's play it loud. This is Psychometer. Guitar work on there, Kathy. Thank you. That's good guitar work. Well, thank you. And we have Eve is also a great guitar player. We're very different. One of the, mm-hmm. the cool things about this band is there's two women who both play really well and different, really different. So it's kind of something an assault you don't see every day. Do you have uh, do the Blue Bonnets have a, a Facebook page? Yes. Everybody go like the Blue Bonnets on Facebook. Yeah. Does the Blue Bonnets have a Twitter account dedicated yes. to them? They, they do. A Twitter. What is it at Blue Bonnets? The Blue Bonnet. Um, yeah, the Blue Bonnets at, at the Blue Bonnets. At the Blue Bonnets. And there's also a website, thebluebonnets.net. And this music's on iTunes, so uh, iTunes it's easy. Go to iTunes, click one click. Yeah, we're you everywhere. get it all. We're all over the place. Uh, this has some great songs. Let's hear. I want to hear. I want to hear. Dig me out. And we're going to wrap it up with Kathy. All I'm going to say is, who's the member of that other band that's making new music? It sounds like it's Kathy Valentine. I don't hear new music coming from anyone else. Um, I always do it. That, the, that was Eve singing that song. Mm-hmm. And I'm just interested because 
You picked the two songs that every radio person picks. What? Yeah, you did. Was that good or bad? I, I, I also just, have. I also have. I can forget you, and I'm going to play us out with "Treat Her Right." Oh yeah, and that's the other one everyone picks. I just like. I'm just uh, now. You make me sound like I'm just boring. No, no, because it's not like it's just. I think it's cool because it just shows like how little perspective the band has. Mm -hmm. You know, because I wouldn't. I would. You wouldn't have picked this up. No, no, it's not that. It's just I wouldn't have known. Mm -hmm. Uh, It wasn't to me obvious. Like, but those three songs, no matter across the board. Wow, that's crazy. And um, my favorite DJ at KUTX in Austin. You know, he said, "Oh no, those are the three. Those are the cuts." Mm Who's that DJ? Is that Wolfman Jack? No, it's a Jody Denver. <laughs> okay. But, uh, Is it Johnny Fever? Dr. Johnny Fever? Who's Wolfman Jack? Isn't that from the 50s? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm, being, I'm being a jackass. You're being a Wolfman Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's... Uh, Kathy, where can we find you? you have a website? Uh, it's really out of date because I'm going to get a new one made because I've actually been doing a lot of other things and I want my website to reflect that. Okay. Been doing some public speaking and what do you I'm, talk about when you public speak? What do you different things? I've been like I'm good at it. I didn't say you weren't. No, I know, but it's like are you going to fight with me right at I the am. end? I, do, do you want me to give you a speech? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, is it is it um, is it motivational speaking? No, I, I did a keynote speech for on um, of the topic of my choice for a big uh, women's uh, heart association thing. Okay, and I did. Um, a keynote speech for a women in music conference. And I gave Susie Quattro, my hero, uh, a, a valor award. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I did a speech for a, a, a company about reinventing after 50. Cause I am after 50. I'm after 52. And, um, so, and I just, and I, and I've done a speech for like a songwriting and music thing for a bunch of students. So I just like it. I'm, and so I would like to do more of that. And I'm writing a lot. All right, cool. You said something about a screenplay. I would like, I have not, I've I've kind of shelved that because I'm more interested in memoir, short story, and um, I've been doing some music writing for the Talk House. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with that? I'm not. Tell us about it. They just, they hire musicians to write about new releases, and they just think it's an interesting, and it is an interesting concept. But it's hard for me because they like me to do it, but... You know, they'll kind of like, can, is there something coming out? And I go and I'm like, I don't know what any of it is. <laughs> I don't know what any of it is. What, do you, do you think you have a, do you have an autobiography in you that you want to come out? Yeah. Memoir. Memoir. Yeah. Are you working on that currently? I, I have about 60 pages and I'm also going to school. I'm going to graduate next fall with my very first college degree. And what are you studying? Journalism? No, God, it's a, it's an interdisciplinary degree in fine arts and English. Home economics? Yes. Okay. Yes, that's it. Well, that's pretty cool. That's cool. Ironing. That is great. Well, congratulations. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm going to have a huge party. And you can tell your daughter, look, your mom went to college and you're going. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Love it. And it gives me lots of ideas for writing songs. Yeah, I bet it does. Because it makes you think. Well, look. I like to think. I'm so glad that we connected through Twitter. Uh, I'm so glad that you agreed to show up at a strange place, even though you're given nine different addresses. Uh, I I'm glad I didn't show up at your house. I know that would have been really crazy. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have been odd considering the way I confuse things lately because I'm over fifty. But uh, thank you for coming and talking about all facets of your music. Thank you. I think you're fantastic. 
I, I, I love your voice. I love this Blue Bonnets band. It's, it's, from what I understand, it's all female. Yes, it's very garagey and kick ass. And it rocks. Badass. It it's rocks. So bad. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a great band. So I, I, I don't mind saying that. No, you should, you should be proud. I yeah. can't wait. Uh, I can't wait till the new album comes out and hopefully get to see you sometime. Play I'll here let in you LA. know when we come back. Yeah. Yeah, you're damn right you will. We were supposed to play tomorrow night, but couldn't handle it. So this was just going to be like a th- you were going to throw together a quick gig tomorrow night. No, it was it was on the books, but I just said nah, it's too much to go out for one for to bring everybody out for one gig. We got to. Where are we going to play? At the Viper Room. It's oh, so great, the Viper Room. We I played sh- the El Cid last time, uh-huh. and we did um, the El Cid before that. And we did Pappy and Harriet, which is a blast. I don't know Pappy and Harriet. Oh, it's out in Pioneer Town. Oh, I don't travel out there. Well, we did. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't even know where You go by wagon. I go. We, yeah, we go by uh, Chuck Wagon. Uh, Kathy, thank you so much. Uh, where can we follow you on Twitter? Kathy underscore Valentine. And if you want her to come to your house, just message her your address. Yeah, your, to pretend your, like you have a your address. Yeah, pretend like you have something. <laughs> uh, let's play out with the Blue Bonnets. Let's play out with a song called Treat Her Right, which apparently eh, this is the song everyone picks. Thank you, Kyle. Thank, Thank you, Kathy. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs>